Hello, welcome everyone for another episode of LMV Show. Today I have a special guest, someone that I met in March 2020, and I'm super happy to have you here, Vardan, because back then we were meeting because we have the same vision into getting into real estate. And now I can see you super successful in real estate. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, the journey and your story and a little bit of the business. But uh, please introduce yourself, Vardan. Who is Vardan? So... Hello, good afternoon, everyone. This is Vardhan Sangar, this site. So who is Vardhan Sangar? So I will, I used to always say like all the professions I have done was never my choice. Real estate has been something which has been my passion since a long time, even before immigrating to Canada. That was my major purpose of coming to Canada. So by choice, a real estate investor and a realtor in Ottawa Metropolitan Valley right now. So ins and out of real estate investing, taking care of investments, my own portfolios, three rental properties in Ottawa, and along with that, your Ottawa realtor. That is fantastic, man. Super happy to have you here. And you mentioned uh, you immigrated to Canada. When did you come to Canada and what's been your journey into becoming or getting into real estate? So I immigrated to Canada in 2017. Uh, and I immigrated as a master's of computer science students in uh, wow. University of Ottawa. So in order to immigrate to Canada, I have to take another way around because you have to immigrate here and get settled. So I did my master's in computer science here in 2017. Uh, but from the very start, uh, my focus was always uh, somewhat towards being a realtor and being an investor. Mm -hmm. I used to see a lot of Remax boards, everything outside the house. So that was kind of very curious for me, like, okay, this is something I want to do. But things never made a lot of sense being a student, new place, new country, new language, mm -hmm. a lot of barriers. Uh, but from the very start, one thing I was very clear, like, okay, if I have to do a part-time job here in Canada as an immigrant, why not mm -hmm. start working with some contractor crews, uh, contractors, some builders, so they have also part-time jobs. So that's how I started my journey, uh, working along with contractor crews, free of cost. But in mm -hmm. this way, I will get an idea, like how the basic infrastructure of houses actually looks like. Wow. Because back there in India, there are no basements, there are no wooden houses. So my mm -hmm. education for Canadian real estate was totally zero. So rather than being a produce stalker or a manager in Tim Hortons, I thought mm -hmm. it would be much, much better to work as a part-timer with contractor and crews because you should know the basic information about housing, plumbing, electrical, structural information, how the basic things in a house is constructed, whether it's a multifamily or whether it's a single family. So that's how I started very first uh, working along with the contractor crew here back in Ottawa. Wow, that's that's fantastic. And you know what? You remind me a story from the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill from uh, from Mr. Barnes that he had the full desire to work with... Um, uh, Oh, should I forgot the name of this guy, but whatever. What my point is that he had the full desire to work with uh, the uh, Albert, I think that's the name. And uh, the thing is that the full desire made him go and ask him for a job and, and make him become his partner in life. So in your case, you had the full desire before coming to Canada to get into real estate, right? And that makes you like kind of 
got to a little bit on the path so that in the path of real estate so that's very very inspiring to be honest with you and i didn't know that part from you and i still remember when we went in, in, in manitoba uh, we were chatting. I don't know if you still remember, like why why you decided to go at that seminar and and all this kind of stuff. And some of the story along the lines were like this. So, okay, how was that? Like, how do you take the decision to go into seminars and start going into real estate investing after learning all these uh, skills in construction? Yes. So, very clear thing was there are three things in real estate. If you have to master being a first time home buyer, being an investor. So whenever you see a transaction, you being a mortgage agent yourself, you, you know, like there are three basic pillars in real estate. Uh, one is money, one is people, and one is deal. So people, it includes so many things, your realtors, your mortgage agents, your lawyers, and specifically your contractors, because mm -hmm. these are the kind of people you deal with. So my very initially, I started uh, tackling people first because that is very important to work upon. First of all, the culture is different. The way of interaction was different. So that is where I started with networking with realtors at that time, networking with investors who are already there in Ottawa at that time. So I earlier started with people because that was something where I was lacking because my background was not Canadian. So mm -hmm. once people part of the thing was taken care of, the next thing was money and the deal. So now comes to the deal thing. So you should know the numbers. You should know the ins and outs. You should know how the transactions are done. You should know how to do the napkin numbers. You should mm -hmm. know how to make cash flow arrangements. You should know how to do the risk assessment. So for that, that is where I met you. That was at Stephen Arneo's Black Card University. Like, okay, now is the time to invest on me because I searched, talked with a lot of people, but mm -hmm. no one was ready to coach, mentor at that time. Uh, so after managing people, making connection and links with the people, the next jump was finding the deals because you can be rookie or you can be immature and start doing things and make mistake on your own. But I rather chose even after doing my master's to invest on me to do a coaching. So I found a coach here in Ottawa. Uh, they connected me to Winnipeg over there in Manitoba with Blackguard. Mm -hmm. And that's how the journey started. So that's the deal part of it. And along with that, managing money, having money partners, JV partners. So all that bunch of information started opening just like onion peel and layers of onion it started opening over there once i started the black card university yeah that is fantastic and uh, something that i loved since then is uh, how to put together money people in deals i still remember stefan said that the uh, most the strongest figure is a triangle so this is the, the perfect triangle money people and deal so now when you get started with your coach how do you structure the triangle and start getting your journey and, and getting your first property uh so to be very honest with you i was very cash poor when i started investing mm -hmm. so that was the biggest hurdle in my case being an immigrant having university loans so and then paying for my coaching at that time because nothing comes free you know in this world mm -hmm. so that's how I started so I was very aggressive because whatever I had at that time I have either invested on my network or either have invested on my coaching so and still I was with the student loans and credit loans at that time because I just completed my master's of computer science so I one thing was pretty clear, like, okay, I'm burning the bridges back 
and I was doing full-time job being a software engineer along wise so that I can meet my basics and can have my financial and lending things taken care of. So I didn't mm-hmm. left my job or I didn't stop my doing my pay job. I keep on continue that. But along with that, I was very aggressive. I started my coaching. Uh, I still remember like Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays, always on the road, finding private deals, making sure networking with more and more contractors and people in the market, mm-hmm. having look for the pocket deals. And that's how I started aggressively finding private deals. But at the same time, was very aggressive with MLS as well, working with multiple investor-oriented realtors here. So interviewing them, finding them, because not all the realtors, they know how the investment is done. So that was a bigger mm-hmm. task. So conquering that, taking care of my lendings, making relations with private lenders, then mortgage brokers. Mm -hmm. And actually the information was not to get the file approved, but at the same time, I should know what the lenders see in my file. So that education was not just with coaching, but most of the education was working with realtors, working with mortgage agent, what TDS is, what GDS is. Usually mm-hmm. you see people, they don't focus on things like that. Why yes. they hire the people is like, okay, you take care of it. But one thing I was very clear from the start, like I have to master all the three things, whether it's money, whether it's people, whether it's deed, then only I can take care of the things. So the education actually mm-hmm. started when I was executing the deal. When I was finding the deals, meeting with new realtors, talking with older realtors to know about the city dynamics way back 20 years so that you know how the cycle goes. So that's how my journey started. And I actually worked well before joining the coaching with people. So I was already mm-hmm. aware whom to knock the door at, like whom to reach out to at yes. I'm executing my deals. And then finding lending, taking joint ventures, money from the people on promissory notes, making sure I can start doing my first investment. And at the same time, returning money back on time because that's your reputation mm-hmm. along with uh, what have you promised on the promissory notes, like X amount of interest back, be on time with the payments, be on time with the payments with contractors, make sure your timelines are met. So, so many dynamics were there, but eventually along with my first deal, which I completed with Black Card, I get a lot of experience of renovations, lending, finding deals, how to negotiate mm-hmm. the deal. I still remember uh, I negotiated in my first deal $60,000 and it was an MLS list uh, listing. Okay. Uh, so we find it on MLS. The property was listed for 380K. It was mm-hmm. a semi-detached uh, four-bedroom, two-bathroom house, okay. 1960s house. Uh, so... I still remember and I still have goosebumps because a lot of people in my journey- I'm getting goosebumps too. That's awesome. So a lot of people used to say me at that time, Louis, like, okay, you cannot negotiate this much amount on MLS. But one thing was very important from the very start in the dynamics was knowledge. And does the number make sense? If the number makes sense, you buy it. If you don't, if they don't Mm. make sense, move to the next. I still remember I used to see 30, 35 properties uh, on listings, then choosing yes. myself and then going and viewing. So the week was pretty much uh, viewing the properties. That's and I have a question though. Be- uh, uh, sorry for interrupting, but what about emotions? Because uh, investing in real estate, that there's a lot of, and tons of, mostly if it's MLS, emotions are linked to MLS. 
right? So how did you deal in your fear and your first deal with those emotions and being rejected? And, and it's like, okay, those are $60,000 that I'm trying to get out of the MLS. And uh, it seems impossible, but negotiating and all other skills are part of it. But what about the, the emotion of the of the deal? So I will give you an example of how emotions are connected. Today, uh, you work out for 30 minutes. Uh, you want result that much the current situation is you want to see like which part of my body is puff up where the muscles are good so that's what the human expectation is I will tell mm -hmm. you in a week I used to put 15 to 20 offers and most of them comes with a cross line on it wow. so that is the first emotion scenario I want to give you like okay you feel like quitting because whatever offer you put as per the numbers you can't compete with the first time home buyers because they take emotional decision and you take number wise this season whether you make cash flow or not so mm -hmm. you see a lot of rejection so that is first emotion i see where you feel like quitting but at the end of the day you are not emotional number makes sense that's that's how it started and emotions while negotiating emotions while putting offer uh, I will always say that's the part of the education like okay you don't have to bring your personal emotions when you're talking about numbers uh, but emotions come we are human being I still remember uh, from 380 to 350 when I negotiated I was on call with my realtor and my realtor was on call with the seller's agent mm -hmm. so when we came to 350 345 my emotions were like okay let's done let's get it done so mm -hmm. that's how the emotions are like because people were saying you cannot reduce 10,000 I reduced 20 30,000 down and I was like that's it but there you have to stop your emotion and you have to make sense like, okay, you have to come more down because your cash flow going to be reducing if you're going to mm -hmm. be buying at 350. So you have to find a boundary where you don't let the deal go out of your hand as well. Mm -hmm. But you don't take a foolish decision just thinking like, okay, I won't get anything if this fall off because you have to keep on working on the numbers and be very persistent in putting the offers that I will say. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That, that's amazing. And then you mentioned that you were working with your real estate agent and now you're a real estate agent yourself. So when you were back then working on your power team, what were you looking into a real estate agent? Uh, so one thing I was very clear, uh, I have seen a lot of realtors in Ottawa. They are selling mm -hmm. houses that themselves doesn't have a house. So one thing was very clear is knowledge and information about housing. So I never worked with first-time homebuyer realtors because I was not looking for some luxury or fancy or mm -hmm. leachy peachy house. Like, okay, I enter into it because I have to do a real work where uh, something is not turnkey, but something is like you demo properly, make sure you add sweat equity into it and then increase the value of the property rather than waiting for the market to appreciate that property. So, so the first thing in the realtor, which I was seeing was knowledge about the market, how they know about the dynamics of the Ottawa real estate, because I was in the Ottawa real estate market. Mm -hmm. Another important thing was I used to interview and even right now also I tell to my clients, okay, you are coming to me because you know me, but your, it's your duty to ask questions, interview it. Like, okay, if you're wow. seeing me, like, okay, let's buy this house at this price. Why? People don't ask it. They just blindly trust on realtor thinking like, mm. okay, he has some crystal ball, which will tell like, okay, this is what the price is. Comparative market analysis. Does the realtors know how to do CMA? Does they know how to do apple to apple comparables? During my interviews, I used to see they do apple to orange 
compare yes. it. That doesn't <laughs> even make sense. And they have and on their post posters, they say five years or a realtor. So when you interview them, another thing is whether they pick up your calls. They don't reply you just on emails because when mm -hmm. you are doing multiple offers, when you have lending things to take care of, you need a realtor who is on call with you, not someone who is just texting you 10 or 15 hours after you send a text. Because if he's not my, if he's not giving priority to me, there mm -hmm. are thousands of realtors outside who are desperate to get the work and they need to start the things done. So that's how I chose realtor commitment towards me, knowledge, and they wow. know how the things are done, not just uh, easy peasy first time home by realtors. Yeah. That's fantastic. And then um, how was the journey towards, uh, okay, you, you made your first deal, got negotiated $60,000 out of the MLS and getting up on, on running. And uh, so then you go for your second one. Walk us through that second uh, journey in real estate investing. Uh, so uh, I will tell you like more well-wishers, there are more leg pullers you have in your life. So when I was doing my first deal, I was not a PR. I was on work permit. I just finished mm -hmm. my university. Look so at you. I, yeah. So I was not still the resident of Canada, but I, I own property at that time because there was not a law at that time. Like you need to yeah. be our, our citizen, what we have right now to mm -hmm. buy a property in Canada, maybe to stop people like me to be aggressive. Yes. <laughs> so, and it makes sense. But uh, yeah, to answer your question. So it was very aggressive in the start. So looking for the properties, looking for the things at that time. So Earlier, there were a lot of leg pullers thinking like, okay, what I'm doing will not make sense. The only money I have was $20,000 and I'm investing on coaching and I don't have money for down payments and how are you going to buy your first house? So all this thing happened. I bought the first house, it cash flow, I rented it, I did house hacking in it, I returned mm -hmm. back people's money. So the people like who were doubting me the most uh that was a wide open answer to them like okay things make sense so in this way word started spreading so i have a huge network in ottawa u because i was student mm -hmm. over there and the first thing i did was like okay why not do a joint venture like people are there out who want to make money out of real estate but at the same mm -hmm. time they don't want to invest their time in real estate doing renovations finding contractor crews doing numbers so that's how I started because I'm a big fan of joint ventures. So then I bought mm -hmm. my second property doing joint venture with IT professionals. They don't want to do the sweat equity or any kind of numbers and things. And then we bought our second property uh, that was duplex having in-law suite in the basement and another unit on the upper floor. And that's cash flowing right now. Uh, even in these mm -hmm. bad times, uh, we are doing very good with that property. And it's been now three years, that second property, four year to the first property. And that's how the journey started. Because once you prove the numbers, once you show the profit, like, okay, things make sense. When you return money back on time, when you take care of your investors, uh, mm -hmm. then you have a good repo and people want to invest with you. And that's how I did joint venture where I was a work partner, did all the work make sure all the contractors, all the numbers, bringing the realtor team, bringing the mortgage team, everything mm -hmm. which I have set up in my first deal, getting available to my investor clients. 
and getting deal done for them, getting renovations and then putting rentals as well, tenants into their houses, making sure managing their property as well. So that was my job without money. And their job was to come with money. And that's what JV is, missing puzzle. If I have money and if I know how to do a deal and how to find people, then I don't need others. So I will be missing off any one of the things out of money, people and deal. Either I will be lacking money, either I will mm -hmm. be lacking knowledge or either I will be lacking interaction with the people outside in the real estate market. So in my second deal, I was lacking money because I invested what I had in my first property and refinance of first property would mm -hmm. be done in six to seven months down the road. So that's how I did my second investment property, JV partner with someone, uh, me coming as a work partner and they were the money partner. Wow, that's fantastic. And, and I know that as a real estate investor, you come with this question, um, why would I give you money? Right. So how, how do you yes. handle that objection? Because like, okay, I have the deal, I have this, but I have the money. And I'm pretty sure that most of the people right now, are like, yeah, but why should I give you my money? Right. Even though like you put it in the in the in the on the table, okay, I have two parts of the triangle. I have the people in the mo in the in the deal, you have the money, right? So now how many times do you encounter that situation when you were working on your second deal and trying to find the the, the joint venture partner? So uh, uh, what I would say is uh, it's not in air like, okay, you say I am an investor. You have to prove your numbers. You have to show your accounting sheets. You have to show your income statements like, okay, this much money you have invested, this much money you are expecting to get it back. This is your cash flow revenue generation. And if the number makes sense, people who are wise enough and who have knowledge about real estate, or if they don't have knowledge about real estate, but they know how the profit and loss work. Uh, so that was very simple for me. All I have to do was what current deal I am working on, what kind of return on investment I expect from my de uh, deals, what are my cash on cash returns. So all the metrics, if I evaluate a deal, I can show them like, okay, this is what the number makes sense. So if you're investing with me, this much return you are getting out of your portfolio, where if you are going to the normal banks, normal bonds, uh, normal stocks, you are not receiving because if you are receiving it, then you don't have done proper risk assessment because in stocks, anything can happen. Whereas real estate is a stock, but which is mm -hmm. backed by wood, brick, stone, everything. So it won't fall down to zero in a day one, just like we see in different stocks. So at the end of the day, if number makes sense, investor also have financial education and they know what makes sense and what kind of return they are expecting out of their investment. And that's how JVs are done. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. Great, great answer. And um, so how, how do you find them? So it's, it's about networking. When I say people in money people deal, it's not about mortgage agents, realtors, contractors. It's about investors. So any human interaction you are doing in real estate comes under the people portfolio. So yeah. you go to different events. First of all, I started with my own community, uh, mm -hmm. my South Asian community, making sure I am meeting with the people. I still remember when I was in my university time, I used to help people uh, finding their rental houses, rental rooms, because one thing I was very clear right now, I'm a real estate salesperson. I am a real estate investor as well. But before everything, I consider myself as a problem solver. 
because if i am a problem oh. so then anything i am doing whether i was in it now i am a realtor i am a real estate investor if you don't solve someone's problem uh, any kind of remuneration you are expecting out of that transaction that is totally useless so that is one very important focus was networking going talking meeting with the people and that's how i finding start finding investors in my community with the first because you have more trust base in your community when you are doing some joint transaction and eventually then you can easily go and start meeting other investors as well when you have a portfolio of one or two real estate deals you know what i still remember something that uh, from the course uh, with uh, black card it's uh, you need to know how much cash available you have in your hands because most of the people they don't even know how much cash they have available with them uh, talking about other people's money and i think that's a great topic because uh, most people think that you need money to buy houses when you don't like uh, yourself as an example yes so i bought my second property without any money in so zero money in in the property and i own that duplex right now uh, along with my gb partners and mm -hmm. that's how you do it either you do joint ventures and it's what you bring to the table you bring to the table your experience of 3 to 4 years you bring to the table how you find the deals how you talk with the people because people's business is very difficult if if you know out of all the things which artificial intelligence cannot take care of that's people business so you should know how to interact how to find right people because right now in world of instagram and facebook people very easily fake themselves up so you should know how to interview people very well so that is also one of the point i will say in this one yeah that's fantastic and out of these three deals that you have done as a real estate investor uh which one has been like the one that is memorable for you that like this deal it was the most exciting one because x yeah so uh, i will say anything which you do first in your life and if it comes out fruitful and profitable that becomes very close to your heart so i will say the first deal which i did when a lot of people were saying don't do coaching fake gurus Uh, I don't have money. I have student loans. I was not well settled in Canada. My parents were against me buying a property in Canada where I was not PR, putting everything I have on sake, not focusing on my computer science career. So all the odds were against at that time for me. Like everything was against and giving me a signal like, okay, first settle yourself and then start investing in real estate. So that's why the deal is very closer to my heart because. if you have set up your mind to something in your life and you want it you will get it irrespective of how much time it's going to take uh so that that was my desperation i will say for real estate to start it as a career being an investor because i was very very aggressive when i started in my career i was like job done eat food just real estate mm. so wow. that's that's what i used to do at that time and as well as refinancing as well because i made a lot of profit that's a cash flowing property mm -hmm. always rented i did my house hacking so a lot of different things i have done i have never done two refinances on a property so i have done two refinance on that property never get a chance to do two refinances that's why also very closer to my heart because whatever i put it i get it more than what out of that property and it still cash flows in such wow. rate hikes time like this so i pull out money twice 
So when mm. you listen from people, when you pull twice, you don't left with any cash flow because we bought it smart. When you make money, you always make money on buy. I've seen realtors giving uh, wrong projections to their buyer thinking like, okay, the market's going to lift and you definitely going to make a lot of money. No, that's not how you do projection because you are not a pundit or a guru who's going to do a crystal ball projection. Mm -hmm. You have to make sense when you are buying. Did you make any profit at that time? And then you can do some projection saying like, okay, if we sell in a seller's market, then you will make money. So you make, mm -hmm. save a lot of money, 60,000 right away on MLS when you buy it. Then you do renovation, then appraise the value, pull out, value, pull out all. And then another after one year, pull out again and still cash flow. So that's why very close to my heart because done with all the proper strategies. And at that time I had my coach as well, Rasna Arora along mm -hmm. with me. So we together did it very well. So things started making sense for me. So it was execution and learning together. A lot of people do a lot of learning, but they don't execute it. And I was first mm -hmm. day started executing the things I used to make. I will tell you 70 calls a week to interview realtors, 50 calls in a week to talk with investors. So you see how much calls I'm making in a week to talk with the person. And an average mm -hmm. call goes for 30 to 35 minutes. So that was the target I have set up to make sure more and more I network with the people. Very close because most of the ground level work you do in your first deal, then you have to replicate and scale the things because you have a team set up. So, so many reasons why the first deal which I bought was very close to my heart. Wow, that, that's amazing. And to me, it reminds me something that uh, back then in Manitoba, Stefan, uh, Stefan said, uh, you have the luxury of no options. Yes. So you got to make it happen. Yeah. Right. So that's 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 wonderful. And now if we can jump into your uh, real estate career. Um, where are you right now and where do you see yourself in the next year? So. My real estate career, I, uh, I always chose to be a real estate investor and now I'm a realtor as well. So things doesn't change a lot because down the mm -hmm. road when I was investor only, uh, all my time used to spend on MLS and finding private listing. So mm -hmm. I'm actually not doing anything different right now because right now I have some extra access of information which realtors have. But still, mm -hmm. throughout my day, most of my time is gone. Uh, different neighborhoods where the properties are coming, which properties make sense. The only difference is earlier, I used to see properties for myself where investment numbers make sense. But being mm -hmm. a realtor, I am also taking care of my community right now here in Ottawa and the people I have worked with because a lot of people, they want to buy their first time home buying and they have a lot of confusion. They have a lot of financial education, which they don't have. And they solely rely on other person. And I have seen people, sometimes they are just focused on their commission, whereas other person is blindly focusing on you for taking the biggest decision of their life is buying a house. So that is a little bit different uh, being an investor, I was self-focused on myself and educating just me and me as much as I can. But being yeah. a realtor, now the another shift in my journey is to educate the people before taking any decision, like how to find your right house and make your 
primary house also an asset for you. Don't go with the realtors or older people wording like, okay, your primary house, you can buy anything. You always see investment mindset in whatever thing you buy. You are buying a car, you are buying a grocery mm -hmm. stuff, whatever you buy in your life, that mindset like, okay, what is the best I can buy so that I have my return out of it. That mindset is lacking in especially first time home buyers because they work with the team like that. When you give them a projection like down the road, if circumstances changes and you have to rent a property, they never think like mm -hmm. that. So you have to give them projection. Your journey doesn't stop with the closing. If you tell them how the future is going to look like, what kind of hurdles you're going to have, what kind of extra cash you need, because some buyers, they are not aware like, okay, rate hikes can go like this. So mm -hmm. education to the buyers is very important rather than just showing some fancy houses to them because that an interior designer can also do. So that's not the part of realtor. Wow. That's, that's, that's amazing. And what, what do you think that people uh, don't understand about real estate agents or what, is there anything that you think that people don't know about real estate uh, agents? Uh, so uh, one thing I have seen is people, they don't, people are lazy. So when I say people, I say everyone. So mm. they, they just check other people's track record and then blindly started trusting with them. I totally understand track record is one of the best thing you should follow. But at the mm -hmm. same time, if someone has a track record, you still check the things, whether they know stuff, whether they know what numbers make sense or all they just know is how to show a house. I can train anyone today and tell them mm -hmm. how to show a house to someone. So that's not the thing. Do you have a power team? Do you have contractors with you? Today you sell a house and some issue happens. Are you there with your contractors to help your buyer clients? So people just think till closing and whatever happens after that, no one is aware about. So that journey after buying the home, that is also important. So that is something you have to see in your realtor, whether they know stuff, renovations, whether inspections are done well, whether they are taking proper clauses for yourself, whether they are protecting you, not just focusing on your commission. Uh, mm -hmm. so these are some very important points because when I bought my first property, we were aware like, okay, did you put uh, vacancy, uh, vacancy clause? So things yeah. like that, when your realtor, you yourself ask him, they know like, okay, you are a smart buyer. So they have to give full priority to you. So that is uh, one thing very important. Wow. Wow. That, that's, uh, that's, there is so many things about real estate that I think that people misunderstand and they just judge uh, real estate agents. Um, yeah. My wife is a real estate agent and, and I, I, I see it, you know, when uh, the misconception of, oh, they just want to sell a house and you were saying it just right there, right? That there's a, there, obviously there is always bad and, and good, right? There are some bad agents and there are some good agents. And there are some of them uh, uh, that really, really do their job and do their task on doing their research, finding the power team and all this kind of stuff. But how people can find the good real estate agents? So first thing is interviewing, uh, seeing your circle who have good track record, who have their investment properties, how many properties they own themselves, whether they have done uh, house 
uh, hold and buy, whether they have done some flippings, things like that, because those people know extreme end of the market, like, okay, what bad can something go? What good can something happen? So you need to be working with someone who knows the extremes ins and out so that wherever your journey in the home buying process stumbles, they are there to take care of you. So that is one very important. A proactive realtor is important who knows what things to take care just before. And interaction is another thing I will be repeating because I just mentioned this thing. I've seen realtors, they do a lot of good work, but they have so much references like, okay, they have 20, 25 clients at the same time, but people have mm -hmm. mindset like, okay, 10 people bought from this realtor. I will stay in a line. I will be the part of a queue or a stack where I have to wait for another 15, 20 hours to get my answer back from that person. And they love that because they don't want to do their own research. Because mm -hmm. you want to work with someone. If I'm working with you today as a mortgage agent, I won't. Like Louis should answer my call. I know everyone is busy. They have stuff. But at least there are some acknowledgements to and fro on text and definitely coming on call because people feel very helpless when they're stuck into something and they have no acknowledgement back from their realtor. And asking question. And you can only ask question if you have knowledge. Today, people mm -hmm. go and buy a car. They know everything about the model specifics. Where is the camera? Where is the thing? And yes. I feel very foolish. Like you are buying something, your car not going to help your grandkids or your children. But this thing you are going to buy right now, going to take care of your further generations in a very much better way. And you are lazy enough not to even research basic things you have to ask and make sure are taken care of. Because you don't need to know about real estate a lot, but you need to know some basic questions to ask a realtor. So if they mm -hmm. reply back well, which means you are working with someone who know what he or she is doing. What would you think uh, would be like the best questions? So if you can think about three questions to ask, like to interview a realtor, what would that be? So my first question uh, when I'm, uh, interviewing a realtor or talking with is asking the first question is how the market is doing and where should I buy a house and talking about the neighborhoods with them. So if you are already living in that city, you first talk about the neighborhoods, where it makes sense and mm -hmm. why, if they recommend you any neighborhood, why that neighborhood only? Because I have seen a lot of realtors, they only know two, three neighborhoods in a city and they will stitch a house with you in that neighborhood only where it makes a lot of good sense for you to buy somewhere else mm -hmm. as well. But if you don't ask that question, if you don't ask how the commute is, how the communication over here is, mm -hmm. where are the new jobs coming? Where my rental number makes sense? Where if you are planning to do uh, as a primary resident, but want to rent a room as well, where are major room rentals in the city? how much rent you can get from a room rental if you're planning to, let's suppose, having a room rental along with your primary residence. So mm -hmm. it's about what you want to do with your house. Ask questions regarding that. Because very much when you will be seeing, you will not be just relying on what they say. You will be relying on numbers. You will be asking them some reports. Like, okay, can you show me some statistics? Like, okay, how the things are making sense for you. So neighborhood location so you pretty much will get to know a lot from a realtor whether he knows the real road things of the city you're going to invest because a lot of people they just rely on google maps right now 
So mm. they should at least know west to east and north to south very properly <laughs> yes. what the city is. And everyone wants to be realtor and they just then use Google map. Okay, this is where the location is. You should know on-road realtor, full-time realtor, first of all. If your realtor is not available in the morning to show you the house because he's doing a part-time job or a full-time job somewhere else, that's not a good commitment. You should have a full-time realtor. So that's why when I started working as a realtor, one thing was very clear in my mind, though my background, I've, I've been manager in a software engineer company. So mm -hmm. I, I, I stopped my career over there because what I chose was to start it as a full-time because it's a full-time commitment job. It's not just showing houses and filling the forms and getting it done. You have to do a lot of road work you should know each and every street. If you cannot see each and every street, at least each and every divisions of the neighborhoods, you mm -hmm. should very well know. So people sound it, make it very easy. Anyone can be realtor. Yes, anyone can pass Humber exam, but anyone cannot be a good realtor because so many dynamics comes into the picture. <laughs> you killed it right there, man. That, that was fantastic. So now, just before we wrap this up, what would be the uh, best tips that you can give to buyers right now? Because we have seen this market that it's been a little bit crazy, right? Uh, but what would be the best tips that you can give to someone that wants to jump in the market right now? So if I talk about current market, honestly, uh, in my five or six years of career in real estate, since the time I am here and following Canadian real estate, very, very good time to invest. It's not I'm a realtor or I'm an investor, so I will always propagate house buying. No. Even myself, mm -hmm. I bought my fourth property last year. I was regretting I should have bought this year. So this is very right time to buy. But if you are a first time home buyer, there are so many resources out there. First of all, be aware where you want to buy. At least you should have your own priorities, not your realtor is telling you you want to buy in these areas. You should have your mm -hmm. research done. So another important thing is, always make sure you are financially prepared. Uh, you have your mortgage and things properly taken care of. Ask your realtor or maybe if you have your own mortgage agent, make sure you know your buying power. You know whether you're going to be house poor after buying a house or not. Being a house poor means you're putting all your finances in just the mortgage of a house. Uh, mm -hmm. So typically, I, I suggest my buyers, like you should not spend 30 more than 32% of your income in the mortgages or in the house expenses. If you are putting more than 32% of your income in a house, you are a house poor. So a lot of realtors or mortgage agents I have seen is because they are interested in their commission. So they want you to buy highest price house you can because that's how their mm -hmm. commission is going to be decided. But at the same time, it's the duty of your realtor or your mortgage advisor to tell like, okay, you are approved for 1 million, but go and buy just 500k and save that amount for your investment property or anything which you want to do for your childcare or things like that, because they will easily buy that house, but they're going to curse you after that when they see mm -hmm. difficult scenarios like that where they're not meeting their ends and that house seems to them a snake on their back. So that's that's the wrong part, uh, which I have seen in the market standards. And that's the duty of people in the real estate market to give them advice, mortgage advisors, real estate agent, 
to tell them what their future projection. So that means knowing your client, not just focusing on commission and selling a house, knowing what their need, what their present situation is and how their future going to look like and then showing them properties like that. And we do that. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, you have kids, you want to be near parks, but why not understanding their finances and then heading them to the direction where they will remember you after the closing as well. Because that's how you build your repo, whether it's networking, whether it's clientele, whether it's working with mm-hmm. investors. Those are great advice. And, and yes, being honest with you, I think that's a big mistake that people do these days that they max up and they go uh, house shopping um, and, and they just like has a uh, house poor, right? Because they're just maxed up and then... Uh, Later on, they're just gonna be like, "Oh my God, it's just it's just been a hassle to pay the house." Basically, they're leaving to pay a house, right? Instead of like uh, enjoying what they have. So that's uh, thank you very much for sharing all this information with us, Vardan, today. And before uh, we say bye bye, uh, how can people contact you there? You know, in in Ottawa. Uh, so people can contact me on Instagram. Uh, my name is Vardan Sangar or Krishna by Houses is my account name. If you will search on Instagram Vardan Sangar on Facebook, or if you will just Google Vardan Sangar, uh, you will get my name and my contact details and everything because you won't find a lot of Vardan because this is a very unique name, which in Sanskrit means blessing. So awesome. specifically, I know in North America, you won't find a lot of people with the names Vardan. So I never had my Canadian name because I love my name a lot. So once you remember it, you will not forget it. So you can Google it very easily. So you will find my contact details, my phone number, and Instagram is the quickest way to reach out to me. My phone number is there as well. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Vardan, for your time, for all your knowledge and experience in real estate investing. And uh, I hope to have you here in another episode. Perfect. It was really nice talking with you and sharing some perspectives about real estate and just giving a thought process to the people is buying hard assets is very important. So do your financial planning properly. Ask as many questions to your realtors and make sure even if you're buying your one house only down the road, you're going to buying multiple assets. So have good people in your team. Just don't rely on other people. Do your research. If you do a research for a car, also do a research for your house because that's your personal duty. Beautiful put, man. Thank you so much, Vardang, and talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you, Luis. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye.